Happy New Year, my dear gospel patrons and friends. I love that you're uh, leaning in and listening to Gospel Friends of Chris. I thought 1.5 speed was the best way to listen to me, but I can tell you one of my dear supporters listens to me at 2.0. So go ahead. That is your challenge for this year. Uh, I'm hoping and I guess praying that you've had a good and a restful summer. Uh, For us, the berries, uh, I reckon I've probably had the most relaxing summer uh, and holiday period that I've had for 10 years, I reckon. I have to go back pre-kids, probably because I was going so hard in ministry for the last 10 years that when I got to holidays, I was often kind of cranky and didn't know what to do. I didn't know uh, how to understand my body kind of shutting down when I kind of completely did nothing. But I think kind of some of the work I've done with the psych, some of the parts work and the healing um, and accepting my limitations has actually meant that I wound down pretty well at the end of last year and it meant that uh, on holidays I was, yeah, just super engaged with the kids, uh, pretty emotionally stable, uh, loving and caring and uh, warm with Beck. Um, So we we got up to Bright for a week when it was actually not raining. So that was lovely in the Ovens River. And yeah, just creating family memories up there with with Beckside of the family was just wonderful. Uh, Laughing with the kids as kind of Doug goes out on a boat that's kind of sinking and he kind of gets rescued by these teenagers. Uh, to Henry just being happy out in the wild as he's just covered in kind of dust, Uh, to Hazel kind of coming out on like a blow-up raft with me, Um, to kind of Walter just getting bored, so riding around the caravan park to meet other kids and kind of stepping out and taking risks, which is what I often say to him. You can take risks. People aren't scary. You kind of can uh, make friends. Uh, our summer after that Beckwork Christmas Day, I tried to have a few international students over. They all found better plans or one got sick on the day, one rocked up two days before Christmas. There was a bit of confusion there. So it was just a Japanese Christmas for us. We got uh, KFC for lunch and uh, Beck uh, trundled off to work as I just went slow with the kids um, for the rest of the day. Uh, they were pretty grateful for their presence. So uh, it was a happy Christmas day for me, even though I didn't see my side of the family. Um yeah, the kids were just really thankful. And I haven't seen that before. Normally it's tantrums and I didn't get this or, you know, it's not good enough, the present. But they were really uh, wonderful this year. Uh, after that for our summer, we spent kind of, you know, a week here in Torquay, a week in Melbourne, a week here, and just kind of yo-yoed like we do. Uh, big parents are wonderfully uh, hospitable uh, down in Torquay. Uh, so it's hard to believe now around Australia Day, but I've been into work for the last three weeks. So it's been lovely to uh, read some books, uh, kind of about like Christian apologetics and where the world currently is at and thinking about um, faith. So Rebecca McLaughlin's book about, um, here it is, 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity. Uh, That's been brilliant. From sexual ethic uh, to science to what else was there here? You know, is Christianity too narrow and against diversity? Can you be good without God? That was really helpful. I, I have um, her kind of big boy and big girl book, but I, I just found the questions in that book were not as relevant as the teen questions 
for my typical ACU uh, first year student. So that's kind of pushed me, I think, to just put myself in what does an outsider think about you know, the Christian group as they, they walk past the banner or get offered a Bible or whatever. Uh, I finally finished The Air We Breathe by Glenn Shrivener, a great Aussie evangelist working out of the UK. Um, he's uh, just done a new website, actually, 321, which is a great gospel outline. Uh, and that was good, just thinking about how uh, the Western world is more Christian than it realises. Yep, from kind of compassion to mercy uh, to justice to science to reason actually all have uh, roots in biblical Christianity and, and Jesus and um, how different the uh, Roman world and the, the Greco world was uh, before, yeah, before this radical ethic of humility and, and Jesus' love and sacrifice kind of came along. So I, I think I'll use a bit of that at times, uh, maybe in my question answers or maybe some of the Bible talks. We'll just have to see. I got through finally John Dixon's kind of how the church is better and worse than you can ever believe, boys and saints. That was just clever. He's a great writer. Um, as well as that, I've been kind of listening uh, listening to and, and reading and doing all the exercises from The Emotional Healthy Leader kind of a follow-up from uh, Emotional Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzario. So that's been, um, that's just been really rounding for my Christian faith, tapping into this stream of Christianity that I never realised existed, that you can um, think deeply about things in your past, that you can show grace to yourself and your past hurts, that you can shine the light of the gospel into uh, areas where in more reform circles it might just be like, hey, there's a statement, you're a new identity in Christ, but there's no thinking deeply about family of origin or your culture or your, uh, you know, ethnic background or your kind of uh, economic kind of status. Uh, so that's been really good. And I've been reading a, a, a book about parts and, and who we are and uh, healing. That's probably been a bit more intense, actually. Um yeah, just thinking about where where I'm stuck and, and what are my stuck points in the past and why do I feel like that hurt little boy that no one loves and, and how does that kind of relate to some uh, traumatic things from my childhood. So I think I'm up to uh, four journals now, 428-page journals on stories from my past, uh, things that I just suppressed and never thought through, kind of figuring out kind of who I am. So I had this wonderful moment with Beck the other day where I shared like, I think I had like 15 parts of who I am from energetic to kind of empathetic to passionate to um, hurt and scared to kind of running away and fleeing. Uh, and all these things kind of make up who I am. So that was um, that was really rewarding actually, just to sit and kind of draw little kind of stick figures. And, and I think one of the things that stood out to me about me is that since 2020, since Gentle and Lowly, since some, you know, suffering and some things that went wrong with church, uh, there's been more of an empathetic and kind and caring kind of part come out of me where I want to kind of shepherd people, where I want to uh, care for the flock. Um, that's probably just something maybe I've talked to you about or mentioned or, uh, yeah, in podcasts and in ministry, but it was just a nice time to just slow down. So I'm doing this kind of parts work for my psych homework as I kind of have my 10 mental health care sessions for the year and just keep processing stuff. Um, thank you for your prayers about healing. Uh, I can certainly say that uh, 
some of this stuff is no longer uh, traumatic and I'm not shutting down and having kind of half days in my bed, you know, in a fetal position or, or the long baths, um, things like that. Uh, I can healthily kind of be processing it bit by bit, you know, uh, each day, maybe half an hour of journaling and reading and pondering uh, just to make kind of progress, uh, to let the light of the gospel shine into these um, crevices that I've never let kind of God into. I never realized I needed to kind of think through to be a kind of rounded, flourishing kind of follower of Jesus. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been up to since I started back at work, and that's kind of a bit about summer. Uh, let me tell you about the semester. Uh, right now in my office, I have uh, 200 John Gospels, 200 Uncover Johns. So, you know, we're encouraging students to read the Bible with their classmate this year uh, with uh, five R's. Read the Bible. What's the reason John put it in there? What's our response for Jesus? Uh, retell the story and there's another R. I'm such a failure. That's okay. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what the Lord has planned especially in our group that has heaps of warm religious people in it at the moment, um, curious outsiders. Uh, I'm hoping that they might be kind of up for reading John's gospel and coming along to hear the kind of preached word. But we're also hope, hoping that our students will um, take a gospel risk and actually say to a classmate, hey, uh, how about we kind of read the Bible together? Have you ever considered Jesus? Uh, what's your kind of faith background? Do you have questions? So we'll be doing some kind of training before and in semester about that. Uh, and Joel, uh, our dear apprentice in his second year that's doing really well, uh, he's somebody who definitely should go into ministry. Um, he's kind of chairing or wearing the evangelism hat and hopefully uh, he'll do a better job than me about keeping it on the boil to keep having moments where we celebrate, where we... Uh, advertise where we just keep talking about the work the Lord is doing. Uh, uh, a lofty goal this year in our preaching um, that we're kind of, I guess, collaborating and working out together as the staff team, Fiona, Joel and I. I think the big thing with John's Gospel, oh, it's a very Trinitarian um, focus, so we'll steal a lot of uh, Peter Leslie's uh, stuff about the Trinity from Glenn Shrivener, from... Uh, Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity. Uh, and the big thing I want to be pushing this year is like, what does it even mean to have life and life to the full with Jesus? Uh, that classic statement from John 10. A and in our context, what does a Jesus spirituality from John's gospel look like? How do you kind of live that out to be kind of connected uh, as a vine to the vine, the branch? What does it mean that Jesus is our good shepherd? that he comes uh, with grace and truth, that he's the word become flesh. What does it mean that Jesus is the resurrection of life now and later? Uh, I want us to really get into the nitty gritty and and expand uh, people's minds and hearts to actually see that there is this wonderful God uh, that Jesus introduces us to and our lives can be totally transformed uh, if we come to the one who offers us living water so that's very much the vision, hopefully for the year, that students will be grasping yeah, God's love, um, that the Father has loved the Son for all eternity and we're kind of drawn into abiding in that love as, as God's Spirit uh, dwells in us.
Yep, the Spirit is a uh, he's a big theme in uh, John's Gospel. He blows where he wants. Jesus says there in uh, John three. So, I'm hoping the students will be hearing Jesus, and that is to hear the the Father and the Spirit speaking as one. So here's a little paragraph I'll share with the students next week in our gear up training, our three weeks of before semester training. Uh, I want you to realize that Jesus' life is your life. His spirit is your spirit and his father is your father. Lord willing, we'll be more mature, more in awe of who God is and we'll see him more as beautiful, uh, bigger and more beautiful as we open the word and lean into Jesus' ways. Hopefully we'll be understanding that it is worthwhile to walk in the light and to enjoy God. And that, that will affect our, our personal spiritual practices and hopefully we'll really get into the nitty gritty of that. How do you enjoy God? How do you, how do you read his word? What are the different options? What is connecting and praying with God looking like? And I guess please join me in praying that these students might have a more vibrant and a rich and a life-giving relationship with God. That is the hope and prayer. And and along with this, there's a whole kind of Trinitarian gospel outline. Um, yeah, reach out to me if you actually want to read it because I've got, I've got it in a document and it's a bit of a malleable thing that some things are added, uh, some things are, are taken away, but we're always coming back to kind of John and, and the fact that God is love. Um, yeah. Uh, Joel uh, for evangelism uh, this semester in the table um, for the first couple of weeks will be all about like welcoming students in and making connections and connecting with old students and I guess trying to sift out the spiritual seeking students and, and have kind of big questions for them. Uh, but after that, we're hopefully going to have these events where uh, we kind of share a bit of two ways to live and, and, the, and the question for the Catholic student will be, hey, is this what the Bible says? Is this your experience that God uh, creates, uh, that we reject God? Um, obviously, Joel's reworking it with John language, uh, but, you know, there's um, redemption, Jesus comes, he's, he's, uh, he dies, he's raised from the, from the grave. We've got uh, two options. We can live in the light or in the darkness. And, and there's going to be like you win a Christmas hamper, or not a Christmas hamper, hello, like a study hamper if you kind of do this matching the words to the pictures. And we hope that in doing that there'll be, or it's all Joel's baby really, but we're hoping to train some students in, hey, this is what the gospel is. We're hoping to really push the students who do it to say, hey, is this your understanding of what the Bible says? Uh, and inevitably, uh, from the Catholic nominal side, it's not. They've never heard the importance of Jesus' death, the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, that sin is that dark, that we're that depraved, that we actually need a saviour. I think within the Catholic stream, there's this idea that we're not all that bad with sin. You know, our sin to wash is washed away at uh, baptism as a, as a kid. Um, we're capable of great good, where I think the, the Bible's vision uh, is slightly different. Uh, one of the things we've been loving uh, as a staff team is doing like a Catholic um, PD on like what really is the theological basis and underpinning of the Catholic Church and how that differentiates from, say, um, evangelical Protestantism. So that's been great thinking about nature and grace. And I grew up in the Catholic Church. I've got a Masters of Divinity. <laughs> but I never realised, like, the the nature of the church 
and how the church is the one who physically gives out grace through like the Eucharist, through the priest. Um, and yeah, it's just been really helpful to get underneath the Catholic student and why they're so addicted to the church and kind of going back, even though they're not all that um, into faith or religion. Um, so please be uh, joining me uh, with praying some big prayers for revival. I've dropped that a few times in uh, prayer newsletters and, and, and with friends. Uh, and I don't know, maybe stepping out in faith. I guess I'm kind of seeing it. At least two people have become Christians, maybe up to five. We'll just see how it, how it all pans out. But hopefully they'll kind of come back. I guess the, the three to seven students, I think the, the two who have become Christians will certainly be around, but hopefully the uh, the others will kind of keep coming back. And we've got a pretty sticky community. There's deep love and there's deep relationships. So I think we will be seeing uh, these nominal religious types hanging around. And I'm just praying for mass conversions. Um, and yeah, uh, let me talk about church for a minute. Uh, it's been a bit weird being at Sea on a Hill Surf Coast one week and then Melbourne and then Surf Coast and then Melbourne. I'm actually going down to preach on the weekend. I'm giving a sermon on um, how over, how life is so overwhelming and what to do from the um, evangelistic series last year I did at uh, ACU. So that should be a bit fun. Uh, I'll hopefully maybe fill in a bit down there to support a dear friend and uh, brother in the gospel who's leading it down there. Uh, and, and even someone who reached out the other day and said, Chris, do you and the two boys want to do pack up? And I said, I'll get back to you, brother. And I prayed about it. I discerned about it. And I thought, no, actually, this is a really great opportunity to practically serve. Uh, model to the kids that we're receiving lots of benefits. And, and this is a great way we can pour in. Obviously, we give financially. But this is a great way that we can use our gifts. And that's helpful for me just to be a nobody behind the scenes uh, and, yeah, just pitching in. So we'll be packing up the kids' ministry once a month. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, I, had a, I had a student go to, uh, go to um, uh, Sydney on the Hill the other day and he's like, oh, do you know Chris Berry? He's a staff worker. And they're like, no, nah, I've got no idea who you're talking to, talking about. And that was very funny because uh, this uh, dear student, I think, actually should go and study at Ridley College and will be a wonderful church planting uh, pastor in the western suburbs. But uh, he's, uh, yeah, he was just like, oh, Chris, you really are kind of lying below the surface and just kind of being a nobody, which is, I don't know, refreshing. And you just ask different questions about pastors. Are they kind of crazy, power-loving, egotistical maniacs or are they pay the same as every other minister and serve and have a staff team around them that have no one leaves. That kind of says there's something good going on uh, in this network. Uh, so so uh, that's good. Um, let me talk about support raising for just a moment to maybe finish the podcast off. I did something that I've never done before and I actually emailed my dear supporters to be like, hey, do you want to give me a pay rise? Can you chip in a bit more? Um, I've never done anything like that and that felt really confronting to me. There was heaps of heart work that I had to work through. Like, I didn't want to say to people oh, you're not giving enough or like to disrespect their their generosity already uh, but I think for me that was a really big stepping out in faith going hey you know you've always give you've always given 10 bucks a week for a whole decade thank you do you want to chip in a bit extra um, not much fruits come from that but I'm sure there will be conversations with people kind of down the track and um, as I see them in person stuff or people might just update whatever you need time to kind of figure it out uh, so 
uh, as I mentioned in my prayer newsletter mail out, um, got about $35,000 to raise per year, um, falling off a bit of a fiscal cliff because a new ministry initiative uh, finishes up and, and a few people will be finishing up as well. So uh, probably be working four days a week this year just to kind of sustain the, the funding that I have and also Beck works and I think it'll just help my mental health and my serving the family so I'll just pull back slightly so uh, there's work to do in the longer term to make it sustainable but God is generous uh, so if you're someone who wants to start supporting the work or invest uh, your uh, treasures in the kingdom of heaven through uh, AFES uh, at ACU uh, reach out let us know uh, let's start a conversation um, I guess I've been blown away by old friends that have just kind of uh, given one-offs um, that have just completely humbled me or, or gotten on to support the work and i haven't even asked so i love it when there's initiative there um so please pray for me as i um diligently follow up all the grads that i kind of drop the ball on i pray that they might uh, want to invest in the ministry and see its value given how much they've gotten out of it i pray that i might uh, have a quite um safe and uh, non-coercive and, and gracious conversations to actually Invite people in, because that's what it is. Uh, We want to be joyfully investing in the work. Uh, So if you've got any networks or any churches that have never been kind of tapped into by AFES, reach out, let me know. If your parents may be uh, up for supporting the work, I could talk to them. If there's um, gospel patrons you know or wealthy businessmen, businesswomen who are just really generous, like hook me up. I can easily kind of have some conversations. Thank you, friends, for listening to the pod. It's great to have your company. And it's great uh, to, I guess, share a bit about the visions for the year. Normally, uh, that would happen at uh, morning and afternoon teas. But just for our sanity, we thought uh, a bit more distance um, with uh, everything that's happening at Darabin at the moment and the um, and the kind of change management there. We, we just think the more distance, the better as we kind of pray for the work and the renewal um, as yeah things happen. So I think... Um, yeah, we, we really do look forward to um, sharing hospitable hospitality with you in the future and, and, and having those great moments of encouragement. But just last year, I probably burnt my wife and just had uh, too many hard and challenging conversations and spaces about that. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you've been able to kind of listen in. Uh, and I should say, actually, 53 people listened in to the, the Berries Hearts and Longings. Uh, that was probably about 18 months ago about kind of what pace of ministry you're running, like what's the foundations of your ministry built upon. I've got heaps of great feedback for that one. Uh, 13 of you listened to the NTE thoughts and uh, reflections at the end of the year, while 29 listened to the end of semester wrap. Uh, hopefully this will be a bit more regular this year as I, um, I guess, have privately worked through uh, deep hurts and grief that I'm not going to malign anyone or put things out there that are kind of unhelpful. Uh, Shoot a text. I'd love to know how I can be praying for you specifically as I work through my list of uh, dear, uh, generous uh, supporters. I might even get back to joining me in the next podcast. Uh, That's always uh, rated well. and People love to hear her voice. All right, that's about all I have to say. Uh, Yeah, I should also say that Dougie was very excited that the Brisbane Heat uh, won the Big Bash League last night. He was dancing. Uh, Walt was devastated as um, his team, the Adelaide Strikers, lost. Uh, Yep, Beck's team, the Stars, and my team, the Renegades. Well, we were never in it, really, because we suck. Um, Oh, it hasn't been a great year. Uh, for for cricket, um, even if the sun hasn't been out.
All right. Thanks for listening in, friends. May the Lord bless and keep you. Hallelujah and amen. Catch up soon. Bye.